Would you stand as you are able for the reading of today's scripture? From 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you do not need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light and children of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then, let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, as indeed you are doing. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. I love our kids, don't you? <laughs> what a gift. We are called to encourage. This is the beginning of Thanksgiving week, and I hope for all of us it will hold some time to have a little break in the routine and some time to enjoy some good food and some time with friends and family and maybe a little uh, rest and some time with friends. I don't know about you, but uh, one of my favorite parts of Thanksgiving is that it gives me a little time to remember. I have a lot of good memories of Thanksgivings from my life. Even though I left uh, home, moved away from home and from Arkansas over 40 years ago now, I remember very well how beautiful the falls were in Arkansas where I grew up. The orange and the red and the yellow leaves and all the trees that surrounded our little house. And I remember the cold, crisp air this time of year. I remembered the thrill as a kid of being out of school for two days and the fun of having my dad home from work. And I remembered the food. We had lots of food. I've shared with some of you before, I come from a large family. There are only five of us, but we're all large. <laughs> and we had food for 25 people, not for five people. At our Thanksgivings, there was always only just the five of us. And we had the traditional turkey, and we had the dressing that I wish to this day I had bothered at some point to get the recipe for that my mother used to make it. And we had all the sides that you always have at Thanksgiving. But the real trademark of the Hughes five-person Thanksgiving dinner 
was that we held a firm belief that on Thanksgiving, everyone should have their favorite dessert. So we had quite the sugar lineup every year. Everyone had their favorite pie. So for the five of us, there was a coconut cream pie and a chocolate cream pie and an apple pie and a cherry pie and a mincemeat pie for five people. Now we shared, we weren't animals or anything, we would share our pie with everybody else, but obviously we weren't really a health-minded family when it came to eating on Thanksgiving. As we grew up and the kids moved away, Thanksgiving was the only day out of the year that all of us ended up at home at the same time. And so it continued to be a special day for years and years and years. I'd go back home and the little house was the same and the food was all the same and the laughter was all the same. The only new thing we added as a tradition was as adults, we would play Trivial Pursuit. And I'm sure the people who invented that game never thought it would be as funny as it was when we played it, but we had a lot of laughter around the table as we played that game. As I got older, I began to realize that it was very easy for me to be a thankful person. And the reason it was easy for me to be thankful was that I had grown up being encouraged my whole life. It's easy to be thankful when you're encouraged by people. My mother and father encouraged their odd, awkward little son named Barry Earl to be creative and have fun and try anything that I wanted to try, to try to figure out what I wanted to be and what I wanted to do in my life. I was lucky to grow up in a church where all the adults there encouraged me to be whoever it was that God created me to be and to do whatever it was that God might be calling me to do with my life. I was lucky. I knew what it was like to be loved and to be seen and to be heard and to be encouraged. And it took me a lot of years of growing up to realize just how lucky I was. That not everyone grows up in that environment of encouragement. Not everyone lives a life that makes it easy for them to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful when you're discouraged, isn't it? It's hard to be thankful when you feel alone, when you feel defeated, when you're sad or when you feel forgotten, when you're exhausted or when you feel battered or broken or overlooked. And then 
Thanksgiving comes. And on top of however you feel, you feel guilty. (laughs) Because you don't feel thankful. Being encouraged can make all the difference in our life. And us being encouraging to someone else can make all the difference in their life. Maybe you know what that feels like. Maybe someone who is important to you knows what that feels like. Maybe you know what that feels like right now as Thanksgiving approaches. So what if each one of us who are feeling thankful determined that this week, over the next few days leading up to Thanksgiving, that we were going to be encouraging to someone else that crosses our path, someone else in our life, someone else in our family, to a stranger that we meet, someone who God brings into our life, we encourage them intentionally this week. The text that Patrick read, written to those early Christians in Thessalonica, were written to some discouraged Christians. They had heard the story of Jesus. They'd heard the good news. And they had believed and they had followed Jesus. And they had committed their lives and they were devoted They were committed. They were all in. And they eagerly awaited Jesus' return. And Jesus hadn't returned. Jesus hadn't come back. And with each passing year, they would hear people say, everything's fine. And then the next month, everything's terrible. They'd hear, everything's going to be peaceful. And then everything's falling apart. They'd seen the best people can be. They'd seen the worst people can be. They'd lived in the heights of hope and in the depths of despair. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Anybody read anything about the world the past week? They are discouraged. And so the writer encourages them by reminding them who they are. You are followers of Jesus. You are people who live in the light all the time. Even when it's dark, the writer says. Even when it seems the darkest, you live in the light. How is that possible? Because as a follower of Jesus, the writer says... You wear the breastplate of faith and love and you wear the helmet of salvation in Jesus. You have those gifts, the writer says. Faith and love and hope. And you have those gifts not just for your own sake. You have those gifts to give away to others. Encourage one another with those gifts. The writer says, live in the light no matter what. And when you encourage one another, you make the world a little bit more of a thankful place. 
You know, to encourage other people is a whole lot easier than we tend to think it is. It doesn't take a big thing. It takes a small thing to encourage someone else. We can encourage someone just by seeing them, just by noticing them as a person. This came home to me a couple of weeks ago in a way that was really surprising to me. As Arthur and I chatted about, we both have had bad coughs lately, and I'd been to the doctor three times. I hadn't been able to sleep. I was tired. I'd had a rough day. It was late. Uh, at night, I was finally going home. I'd gone through a drive through to get something to eat, and I was dragging. And I pull in the garage, and I get out, and I open the back door, and I get my briefcase and my coat and everything, and I'm uh, trudging to the elevator. And I look across the garage, and there's a young man holding the elevator door. And my first thought is, now i got to run. <laughs> I can't run. I don't have it in me to run. So I said, go ahead, just go ahead, you know. Said, no, I got you. And so I go. I don't know this person's name. I'd seen them around some. They don't know my name. I get up to the elevator and I said, thank you. You didn't have to do that. And he looks at me and he says, I was behind you at the drive-thru and I knew you were coming. I was surprised at how much that meant to me. It changed my attitude. Somebody knew who I was and thought of me. And I'm lucky I have a lot of people that think of me and care about me. But just the fact that simple act, we can do that for people every day. We can see them. I remember when my mother was in the nursing home for a couple of weeks before she passed away. When I was up there uh, the day that she did pass away, the young woman who cleaned her room was crying. And she came up and she wanted to talk to me. And she said, I'm so sorry. And she was talking about my mother. And she goes, every day your mother told me nobody ever cleaned a room like I did. Nobody ever took as good a care of her as I did. She said it made a difference in my life. We can encourage somebody just by seeing them. We can encourage someone by serving them. There's a lot of needs in the world. You showed a great outpouring of wanting to serve others at the alternative gift fair. You can still do that. The Christmas Family Connection. 
people who love people, the Boyd Holiday Shop. You can take the bags with you as you're going about your holiday stuff and Christmas shopping to give to people you meet along the way who are in need. Every act of serving someone is an act of encouraging them in their life that someone cares, that someone knows their need, that someone loves them. We can encourage people just by showing respect for them. My favorite church sign ever. 30 years ago, I'm driving to visit someone in the hospital in New Orleans. I'm going down St. Charles Avenue. I drive by St. Charles Baptist Church. And their sign says, Be a blessing today. Mind your own business. <laughs> Best church sign ever. We can encourage someone by showing them respect. We can show respect by listening to them, listening to someone's story without judging them. We can show respect to people by caring about them without feeling the need to correct them. We can show respect to people by following Jesus teaching to do unto others as we would have them do unto us. We can respect others by soothing hearts instead of stirring pots. When we show respect for another person, we encourage them to be the fully human person they can be, which encourages them to be that to other people too. When we encourage other people, we help them live thankful lives. And you know what we'll discover along the way? When we encourage other people, we find ourselves being more thankful too. Because it'll make us more aware of the people who see us and serve us and respect us. And bless us and love us. We are called to encourage. Let's answer that call. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.